What's up, everybody? This is the Alternative Upstage Podcast. This episode, we're going to be talking to Anthony Salazar from the band Teenage Wrist about their newly released sophomore LP, The Earth is a Black Hole. On this one, we're getting a little more focused into the creative process. You're going to hear some conversations like stepping up to the plate as a two-piece band, working with Colin Britton in the studio, some talk about music videos, the recording process, of course, some song breakdowns, a little artistic perspective into uh, in, into getting the job done as a rock artist, you know, choosing when to tastefully take the spotlight. Uh, also, Anthony did more than just drums on this release, too. He told me off the record, he had some parts on all instruments and even some help with vocal production. We're also going to discuss his idea of having three go-to fills to bring into the writing process. A little Mars Volta, Bossa Nova beat influence uh, in some of these breakdowns. And along with watching and taking influence from other drummers, and that's something I feel we really can't talk enough about. Some interesting stuff from Anthony, and really excited about this one. Um, this record is going to be a big favorite of mine this year. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, I highly encourage you do. But um, I'm going to keep this real short and sweet. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. You're listening to The Alternative Upstage. See ya. Okay. Yeah. We got. We have. We have. We have speed. Beautiful. The, oh God. The miracles of technology. Uh, <laughs> I know. We made. We made it. We made it. We made it, dude. Good to see you. Oh, by that's the way. all I matter, dude. It's great to see you. It's been since. Uh, geez, I don't know, like 2019. Yeah, 2019. I guess. Yeah, I guess before we went out to do the yeah. basement shit. Yeah. 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 yeah fuck, that's man. That's insane. Nuts. Yeah. How have you been? How How's California? Dude, it's good, man. I I got to go. Uh, catch a sunset today and fucking hang out at the beach and shit's trying to open back up and yeah uh so you know it's not too bad not no, too bad a, so just just sick. getting outside is too beautiful man uh, how shit over there is it snowing as fuck or what well so we had um we had like three days of a blizzard which i was gonna ask you too if it snowed over there because like i haven't been i just assumed it was snowing everywhere in the u.s for like a in like of time. yeah in 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 the in the mountains that we had like capped snow but it never touches down right to the yeah, city yeah. ever yeah no nah, so. i figured um Dude, it was crazy. We were like, it was like Valentine's Day on to, I think Wednesday or Thursday is when it stopped. Mm -hmm. I think Thursday was the last day and we were like trapped for two days. I mean, like. Fuck, dude. TDOT doesn't That's really treat the roads like ASAP. So they were just kind of like, hang tight for a little bit and then we'll get it figured out. And, you know, everything. No, it was nice to have like a, a little vacation for a second. Right. But <laughs> everything's all melted right. now. Well, that's good. I fucking yeah, man. I don't know. Weather, weather's nuts, and I'm just happy to uh, be in a new year and fucking be moving on with stuff and shit's happening. Yeah. That's nice. So I'm I mean, happy you, about that. You released a record, and that shit is badass. Uh, Thanks, man. How are you? How are you feeling about it so far, man? No, dude. I'm. I'm. Uh, 
I'm really happy. I, I, I'm relieved because, you know, it's such a process. And also, um, you know, like you just, sometimes when these things come out, you don't really know how they're going to be received. You don't know, like on release day, if some weird thing's going to happen, there's a lot of anxiety and I really envy people who don't even think about any of those things. Cause I'm just a worry <laughs> wart when it comes to everything. So I'm really relieved. I'm very overwhelmed because everyone's been really giving us like inc- insane response and it's coming up on week two. And, um, we're, we're reaching a whole new fan base and, and, and that's really cool to see. And, um, a lot of really kind messages and a lot of really great, um, reviews. Like just people are really like, Oh man, like the band's different now. So like, right. You know, and they're still, and they still got it. Like whatever. Yeah, exactly. so it's, it's, <laughs> yeah it, it's oh, good. Sure. It's good. Really good. Yeah. That, that's, so, that's great, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I, uh, I listened to it when it first came out too. And, um, I was just like, wow, this is, it, you're right. It's very much different, but I was like, this is like a fresh step. Uh, yeah. And I remember reading like a, a write up or something. Oh my God. I can't remember the exact words and who it was from, but it was just like, uh, like teenage wrist is like done, like hating life or something. I don't know. It was something oh yeah. It's like just, that. Uh, yeah. Teenage wrist grows the fuck up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was Marshall. Mar- Marshall got really excited about, um, you know, and that, that actually even really ties into like the whole process of the whole thing, because what happened was when, when we were writing the whole thing, we were really concerned, you know, kind of about what we we're going to do without Cam kind of being in the process because he had such right. a, um, you know, integral Changing. part of, of, of yeah. our, of our, not only aesthetic, but, yeah. um, musically there was an image that he had that he originally, you know, divulged mostly to Marshall, how he wanted it to be. And I kind of got the scraps of right. those ideas and, and Marshall and I hadn't really ever written together, like in, in the setting of just writing together and actually arranging together. Most, mostly that was Cam and, um, Marshall. So, um, and there was a lot of things in Chrome, uh, that when we did Chrome Neon Jesus, I got to like help and arrange and lyrically, there's actually a lot of stuff that people don't realize I did some, a number of things in like lyrically or like, Oh, put that riff there or whatever. And that's kind of my thing. Marshall's the, you know, um, kind of the, the MVP and I'm really good with the assists. I'm like the, the, the Scotty, the Scotty Pippen of teenage wrist or something. I like the Scotty Pippen (laughs) (laughs) or whatever. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, we, we just work well together, but I definitely help him sort of accentuate the ideas and, and, and brighten them up and, and arrange things. So, yeah. So how was that, uh, like that jump up to, uh, you know, Cam leaving the band and then just like, all right, we're going into LP two. You guys mm-hmm. released a phenomenal EP, uh, did pretty well, uh, did, mm-hmm. did very Thank well. You. And, uh, that's some really cool parts on it that I want to talk about. Um, but yeah, man. going into the writing process of LP two, what was it like being like, okay, there's two of us right now. And it's like stepping up to the plate to that there. Yeah. Uh, well, it is stepping up to the plate. Cause there was a massive epitaph. Didn't know cam quit. Mm-hmm. They didn't know until we had songs. Oh, shit. So, ba- okay. so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a lot of pressure, man. It was nuts. It, um, so, you know, that first day of Marshall and I, uh, so Cam quit July 2019 after we played a show with um, uh, The Starting Line okay. in Hollywood, and, and we played a show out there. And um, and then he told us like a day or so after, he goes, hey, like, you know, I want to get married. I want to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, it had been obvious because, you know, it, it, within within the band, like he had expressed how touring wasn't really ideally what he wanted to do. And, mm-hmm. and it, you know, and finally, when everyone, I think, had the conversation, it was respectable and, you know, and everyone took some space and, and everyone's all good now. Yeah, but, for um, sure. but, but what I saw happens, that he, it, he like promoted and everything. I was yeah, just man, like, okay, he, cool. he was the first person, he was the first person to text me when the album came out and, um, yeah. just congratulating us. And, and, uh, he's, he helps us, he's helping us design some merch and things right now. Like he's, I'm, I'm happy for him and uh, he's happy for us. And, and that I'm glad everyone finally picked the high road on that thing because it's a really weird thing when someone leaves, especially when it's the most like important person kind of like of the visual image. It's a singer, you know, and Marshall and Cam always sang, but like Cam really carried the the load on that. And I think Marshall and I realized that. So going back to the question, that guy's gone and Marshall is like, okay, well I have to be a front man again. And I'm like, oh shit, now I'm the kind of key player like yeah so and 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 the, and a big thing <laughs> the um the mentality going into lp2 was was kind of like you know okay well how what's our process how do we what is marshall and i's process and um marshall and cam had a very brotherly competitive writing process gotcha. so they would write something and they were just so like no nah, it's not good and that's not and they were just so quick and and sharp and crass and kind of like ah but that's how they would write these songs and, and the things would come across. And I'm not like that. I'm like, yes, man. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, man, let's, that sounds let's dive great. into this idea and see what it has. And yeah. Like- and, and that level of positivity, I think really freaked out Marshall when, hence going back to the, the article, um, when we, when we finally adapted the concept of being like, you know, the mentality when we finally accepted it was let's just make this our record. We, we know what makes us teenagerist and luckily, you know, Marshall wrote so much of the music and, and, and really is all, all of us, me, Cam, Marshall, we're massive, uh, massive, uh, contributors. If one of us was out, it would sound different and no, and no one is replaceable and, and right, whatever. But like, you know, um, we really had to just be like, we have to find our process. We have to find something that really feels comfortable for him and I. Because we know what we we know what wrist is and we know how to carry that torch. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm someone who's a lot more optimistic. I I you know uh, and and to bring that positive energy in. Marshall was in a point in his life where he was ready to, um, really like accept and be willing to try new things. Like as far as the writing process went, he was he was trying to like release his fears and and that trickled into management and the label and everyone was on board as soon as we finally picked our stride and found it so um massive it's kind of like a like a like an yeah. odd scenario where like certain potentially negative things that are happening end up uh kind of like the perfect storm in the long run i feel like yeah yeah and, and yeah, the growth it, it of our band out. yeah it worked that out is, it worked out perfectly and we kept telling is, ourselves it would work out <laughs> it was like it's gonna work out to be <laughs> fine like kind of like reluctantly like oh it'll be fine it'll be fine even though, like we're like sweating yeah. Yeah. But it, it came, it no, came I saw, out great. I, I saw your post too about, uh, you know, like not a lot of people would understand, uh, like the blood, sweat and tears and just mm-hmm. the, the effort that went into releasing something like this, let alone in a time like this. And I'm sure that doesn't even, yeah. uh, you know, end at just the writing process. Like I know mm-hmm. that releasing a record right now is, uh, can feel abysmal and just, Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of, you know, swimming against water. Um, but yeah, tell me like the singles and stuff and, and, uh, 
getting those out. And, and I noticed you guys are very content driven band, which is like something I personally uh, ad- admire a lot uh, to so think is yeah. just working against that current that is mm-hmm. 2020 and the pandemic and stuff. I, I, explain that process to me, man. How was that? Was that? Yeah. So, so we, we had to become a content band, like in, in a way that we'd never had. And that was a big uh, kind of thing that I was talking to Marshall about. I was like, how, how do we engage with people? Cause we had like, you know, we, we had to kind of like, we cam was, had been gone from the band for almost six months before we announced it. And so, um, you know, so then, so basically what we took was the mentality of let's engage with people. Let's talk to people. Cause we don't really talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. We, we had good engagement, but let's, let's start talking to everybody. And then once we start talking to everybody, let's just start posting some things and let's see what everyone gets excited about. And it was funny because through posting and all these things, we ended up finding the guy who designed our album, uh, Colin Crane, uh, through and Marshall had met him years prior, but like had, he'd saw that we were posting things again and I guess they started up a conversation and we needed someone to do the design. Um, so a lot of things came about from us starting to engage with people again and creating content. And so, uh, whether it was posting pictures or just kind of letting people know that we were still going and so, you know, and And I know how it's, it's hard to do it too. Just the, consistent post and be like hey what's up we're, we're still here and there's yeah and we don't do that we on. don't my, my marshall <laughs> doesn't really like the whole like we're, we're every wednesday at noon we don't do that like yeah we we work together with uh epitaph and everyone to make things exciting and and they're and they're so great with honoring our vision so um the process has been really easy honestly every as soon as everyone made a decision we're making a record these are going to be the songs um even when we pick the singles uh you know, all four singles, you know, Taste of Gasoline, Earth is a Black Hole, Yellow Belly, and Silver Spoon, like, all, when when we mentioned the label, oh, hey, we want to do these songs, we're like, oh, that's what we were thinking. Uh, that's the great. only The yeah. only curveball was Earth is a Black Hole and Silver Spoon, and, the, and they weren't even that far off. Um, Earth is a Black Hole was not even supposed to be on the record. No way. Um, Explain that for mm, me, real quick. We wrote, so we wrote Earth is a Black Hole, um, it was originally titled River Runs Dry, uh, and we couldn't find a good title for it. Um, and, and so, uh, uh, but we wrote that with, uh, Stevie Aiello, um, from 30 seconds to Mars. And, um, and he was, and he was really great and super enthusiastic. And, uh, he gave us this, and we were like, we want to write a radio rock song. And it was more detailed than that, but, um, there was, a, but Marshall, Marshall came into that session in particular with a very specific set of rules. He goes, I want to be able to write about things going on in the world without actually saying what's happening. I want to be able to like talk. I want to, I want to be able to make it sound like a feeling and a mindset, not like, Oh, like this, like, because a lot of people have been interpreting the record, like it's about COVID or some shit. And, and it was, which is fantastic. Cause that's not what it's about, but I'm glad that it's open for interpretation. That was the point. But yeah, that's always a great thing when somebody's like, when, when people have to discuss like, okay, well, what is this about? And there's different opinions. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's great. It's open-ended. That's never a bad thing. No, no. It's, and it's, and it's great too. Cause you get to have the perspective. Everyone gets to like jump in on what it means to them. And it really is open-ended. Um, but Marshall hid that from the producer. He like hit it on the track listing. So we, when we, when he and I wrote the track listing of how we we're going to write the record, he took it off and I didn't know. So we're about to go in for pre-production and Colin uh, Britton, our producer was like, you know, like, are these the songs? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Hey, whatever happened to that one? Marshall's like, eh, I didn't really think it was worth it. And I was like, play it, play it for Colin. Colin's like, what? I'm like, yeah, we wrote the song with Stevie and, and Colin, Stevie are friends from when they worked with, um, they were both, uh, students of, um, John, uh, John Feldman, freaking 
yeah. So like they, so they, they've, they've learned, they learned a lot of engineering stuff from him and so that they knew each other and he's like, Oh, I love Stevie. Play it. We played the track. It didn't even take 10 seconds. And Colin's like, this is on the record. Like it is on the record and you're not fighting it. Marshall's like, okay. And, and then it ended up being our most played song and the name of the record. Yeah. And um, the, was that the first single that you guys put out for it or was that uh, the first one was silver spoon, which was okay. also a decision by Colin. The first single was going to be where you down, which, uh, epitaph was really behind, but then Colin was like, you're going to scare people a little bit with this one. I think it's important to put out silver spoon because it kind of echoes stoned alone and Chrome and it's going to help people ease into the new sound, which he was totally right. And, and that was about a week long conversation of bat. He's like, I'm telling you, man, silver spoon, silver spoon. And then finally we're like, okay, like, yeah, we'll do that, it. that song is easily one of my favorites. Thank uh, you, man. One of mine it too. Is, it is all around too. I mean, just like fat drum tones all over yeah. this, which yeah. I, I assume is just all Britain. Uh, just raw. Mostly, mostly drums. it's yeah. he, he and I, you know, uh, Colin and I <laughs> kind of, we didn't butt heads. You know, he'd, he'd be really upset if I said that. Cause that's not true. We didn't butt heads, but, but we always like had this tension cause he's a drummer and I'm a drummer. Um, and Carlos de la Garza who did Chrome Neon G's was also a drummer. And, but, um, but both of them are talented, talented guitar players and songwriters. And, um, Colin does so much stuff for like a day to remember and did basement and a bunch of other bands. And so like, you know, I worked with him on the Papa Roach sessions. I was drum tech. I was going to say, yeah, he yeah. did a lot of Papa Roach. That's a lot of his yeah, discography. All their reissued stuff. So so Colin and I, like he would tune the snare drum and then I'd walk into the room and I was like, so you're going to tune it like that? And he's like, well, I mean like it's whatever you want. And I was like, well, I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> like it was like just like this passive and we were never mad at each other, but yeah. we just, but we is were it, always is like, it like, I would a, always, like an over politeness almost. It's just like, well, I mean, yeah, like, I would well, kind of do it like this, but cause I really, cause Colin, cause Colin's very big idea guy and, and, uh, and, and, but he is also about the details. And so, um, but the thing is when it comes to the drums and how I play, like, you know, we were going to track symbols separately. We were going to do this whole Queens of the stone age thing where the symbols were tracked oh, yeah, separately. You, the, the, I've, I've been hearing a lot of people do that. Like they track drums separate from symbols. Yeah. I just, I just did that on a project and it's great. Um, and Colin and I geek out about that, but I, it sounds hard. <laughs> it's it hard, so yeah. Hard. And, well, and, and I mean, and the and the drum parts in this record, I'm like, it's not happening. They need to kind of be co- connected, and um, and so um, you know, Colin was great because he he really wanted us to shine and to do things differently, and um, and we got to. It was fantastic. But what was really cool um, about Colin and I was when we finally got into a rhythm. You know, no pun intended. Um, we. You know, even the drum kit that was on the record um, was he 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 did that to me where he's like, "You sure you want to use that kit?" We used a four hundred dollar used kit that I had bought. I, it's a it was broken. It's this Pearl Decade Maple. It's the six ply. I was gonna bring it up. Inter, yeah. Intermediate drum set at highest, maybe. Um, I mean, I don't know who would get upset with me for saying that, but it's true. Like, <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, when I was when I worked at Guitar Center and I was selling Pearl Decades, I would be like, "Oh yeah, it's a good kit for your kid." Yeah, but I I bought it because it was bright yellow, and I was like, oh, it'll be a um, a beater kit that I can just leave up in the studio and maybe take on the road. And if someone sits on it and breaks it, it won't matter because there's a crack in the bass drum shell and a bunch of things. And oh, you recorded with a with a cracked bass drum? Uh huh. Yeah, the guy the guy I bought it from put epoxy in it, and uh, and so it's it's this thing this drum set that you would never imagine would be on a record like this. And but that was um, what I've learned from my mentor uh, Charlie Waymeyer, who I work with quite a bit. we just take these cheap things 
and you just, how good can you make him sound? And I just kept telling Colin, he wanted to use Q drums. We use Q drums for Chrome and yeah, but I just didn't like the way it sounded on the, on this. I was like, dude, I'm telling you this yellow kit's a monster. And he's like, no, oh, come on, man. And I'm like, and <laughs> the same thing happened on counting flies, the EP. I kept yeah. telling, um, the producer, Matt Hyde, who worked with Deftones and a, and a bunch of like Fu Manchu and a bunch of other people. Um, uh, same thing. And I would be like, we have to use this snare. He's like, no, oh, no. I'm like, we have to use this snare. And like, you know, and Wait, people, was and then, that, what, then what people was that at that time, at that uh, time, uh, if you can remember even, well, actually it, it, well, it was a whole kit. Um, my uncle from New York had sent me this Gretsch round badge, his very first drum set. It was a 20 inch oh, kick drum and it came with a snare and it was really wonky sounding. And we used it for, um, the kind of high pass drum sounds on believing the wrong things and stuff like that. We ended up using that kit. Um, and thank you to the, um, drum tech Walter Earl who worked for like Slipknot and people but like uh he was there and being awesome but Got um, dialed on this in, right? on yeah. this record it was just me Kevin McCombs uh Colin's assistant and it was just the three of us it was me Colin yeah. Kevin making these drums sound and Marshall trusts me with drums with his life um right. so he knew that I would do justice by it and one of the things that was missing on the other records that I really wanted was you know a, not a drier drum sound but really thuddy um but more, you know, but like I wanted more ring out. So I want, I wanted the attack to be bigger and I wanted the, the, the toms to feel like they're stretching, but I wanted the snares to be brighter. I was trying mm. to bring back kind of like the deaf tonesy sort of like third eye blind, like that yeah. kind of vibe. And, um, just a so little tighter the, snare, but with yeah, just all as around. much body. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing big. And we didn't want to go stadium. We wanted it to feel very, um, intimate and very in your face. Yeah. Uh, and so we used that Pearl Decade the whole time and Colin fell in love with it. He like sampled it. He was just so happy. We used it for every single song. Uh, we even retracked Where You Down was on a, a Mahogany Q kit originally. And then we retracked it because the Pearl sounded so good. Um, and you know, even with the snare drum stuff, like this, we used an eight inch Black Beauty, the whole record. I was going to ask, uh, I felt like that was Black Beauty tone. Because, yeah. Cause, yeah. Uh, is that darker? Bro, I yeah. saw like, uh, I saw on your Instagram today. That mm-hmm. like somebody asked you a question. I was like, well, what'd you use on the new record? And I was like, wow, this is great. I can use this tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, dude, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying, I'm going to do a Q and a, uh, tomorrow. Cause I, I need to, um, I want to get some drum conversations and gear. Con- we have a lot of fans who are yeah, musicians dude. and I, we, I, I want to have conversations with them, man. Cause they've been really great to us and, yeah. and they're honestly the diehards of the musicians. So. For sure. And you can learn like so much. I've learned just from like random people I've come across just on my like small touring um, like, mm-hmm. like th- that I've done, it's just like random people. And I'm like, wow, that sounds really good. We're playing in a small venue and like, mm-hmm. how do you do this? And they just give me information about something that I would never know from any of my friends, even living Drummers in Drummers are the sweetest people. <laughs> they are. And they're the most Drum- giving of information out of yeah. any musicians. I right. feel like yeah. sometimes, but no, they are, they're really the most fun. And that's why it's fun to be a drummer first. Um, and you know, uh, but yeah, but, but the gear on the record, man, fuck, we, we, we would, you know, call and Colin and I would obsess over it and, and Kevin as well. Um, and Marshall too, Marshall, Marshall just has such a great ear mm. for music in general. He just, it could be anything. It could be hip hop. It could be rock. It could be, um, singer, songwriter, country. And, you know, he just knows what, what fits. Cause he, he think he, he does everything, um, emotionally and, and not like, not very like somber emotionally. Like he, if it doesn't make him excited or feel something that even if it's a tone, he doesn't use it. And yeah. and so, um, I think with, a, with in the past comparative to now, the reason why this record sounds so different 
is not just because Colin. Colin did such a great job with getting the drums to sit well in the mix and, you know, and, and overlaying certain samples because we did do some sampling and some, um, some uh, not stretching or quantizing per se, but like we did some editing for some parts just to tighten things up. We wanted the guitar hits to line up, but he let me be pretty natural. We would just do takes until we got it. And luckily most songs were like five or six takes for me, but there were some ones like wasting time Yeah, is the hardest song to play. Um, just what, out of what duration. Uh, what, what specifically actually cool. Cause I was going to bring up questions like this, but, uh, <laughs> what specifically on that song was like, would give you a hard time. Uh, Waste, what, yeah. Wasting time's a tough one because, um, th- it's just, it's faster than it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I don't drum like that often. Like, I think the only song that we had in the past closest to that was black flamingo off of Chrome neon Jesus, but right. everything else wasn't even close to that speed. And, um, and, and everything that I get hired to do outside of teenage wrist isn't like that. Right. So <laughs> my chops at the time, um, were, I was like, I'm going to really stretch, kind of do this. You know, we, when we had just gotten off tour with the Bronx back in 2018, Marshall and I kept whispering to each other, you know, um, cause I don't think, um, you know, certain parties were too keen on it, but like, it was like, we were like, we really want to get like a little bit more like punky on some stuff. And I, and I hate using that word, but like, we want to just be faster tempo and really like, yeah, like an epitaph go from like band, 120 man, to like 160. Like, yeah, you know, like epitaph is so great for putting out all these like bands that have all these like upbeat, not upbeat happy, but like just like upper tempo stuff. And we're like, we really kind of want to be part of that catalog. And like, what's a song we can do that? And Colin helped us write that song. So we definitely had Colin's push. Like it needs to be this tempo. It needs to get like, we need to imagine people jumping and like all these things, like a Dave Grohl thing or something. And, and <laughs> that song was hard because a lot of those fills at the end of that song were yeah. desperate. I was desperate because I was so tired of those takes. So I listened to some of those drum fills. I'm like, I would never play that fill in my life. And it's, it's funny is it's just a variation of a lot of the fills that I play. I only really have three fills that I play and I'll, admi- uh, and I'll admit, I'll admit that. I think we um, all kind of go back to that though. Like, like, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like there's a certain set of fills where I'm just like, these are my fills. They're like my safety zone. And yeah. if you want me to learn an, like another go-to fill, like give me like YouTube in 20 minutes and I'll, yeah. I'll try to give you something <laughs> Definitely else. 20 minutes. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I, like I, when I play for artists around LA or when I did, uh, when, when shows were up, um, mm-hmm. they would challenge me with these weird ass parts. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Let me play it like this. And they're like, nope. I'm like, all right, that's right. I guess you're paying me. So, uh, yep. It's but, all about um, the gig, man, you know? <laughs> but yeah, but, but you know, I, I took a lesson with Dave Elich, uh, seven years ago and one lesson and it lasted me a lifetime. And he said that he goes, you need to pick three fills, man. Cause I, I, my, I think my question to him was, it was like, how do you navigate, you know, um, playing between riffs and, and, and bass lines and how do you, how do you do that seamlessly without sticking out, you know, or like over syncopating and like, you know, like how do you, how do you make things sound seamless? He goes, you have to pick three things that you love and just find ways to do them 
in a thousand different ways. Three things, three thousand ways. That's really interesting. Wow. Yeah, very kung fu, and I, I was into <laughs> that. Um, you know, and so and so it is true. Like you know, I have my like da 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 dum da 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 dum da 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 dum. That's on every song and every teenager's thing you'll ever hear. And like bat balloon, bat balloon, bat every. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the drum speak, it's all, and or like, you know, all my straight, like, ta 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 ta. It's just, there's just, or like the like the Dave Grohl thing, like that well, really to like, me. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like a one thing that I noticed too in comparison to other records. And I, I feel like one of the only ones that, like, uh, uh, I, uh, I'll get to it later, but I want to talk about Mary so bad. And I'm sure yeah, you know I want to talk go about for Mary. It. I, I love that tune. But, um, I, I I thought I heard. Uh, let me see what song it was, on the new LP. Um, uh, in Earth is a black hole. It's like around one forty. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that that post chorus into a pre bridge. It's like that instrumental. Um, like it was the first time I think I heard a five stroke roll on the record. <laughs> I don't know if it's a five stroke or not, but I got. Uh, I, I tried to watch the music video a couple of times, and I was like, "It is a five stroke roll." Yeah. And I was just yeah, like, it wasn't intentional. Really? <laughs> um, so I had this idea. Um, what, so or again, Earth is a black hole. The arrangement changed uh, maybe once or twice. Um, one big change. But one of the things I said was I want this middle section where it's just noise. And I was really gigging on some Mars Volta. I can't even remember what record. Um, but um, really just into this Thomas Pridgen shit. And, and, and Dave Elitch and, and all these guys with all these six stroke roles just inverted all over the fucking place. And, and so I, I was like, we need a section like that, but I'll just kind of play it straight. I'll like do it more like Oasis where it'll just kind of be big and loud, like our older shit. Yeah. And then Marshall stopped the take and he goes, you know what? Can you try some of that Mars Volta shit? Can yeah, like you go hard? Like, can you go in? And I was like, I don't know what that is. Because the truth is, man, I've never done this on a wrist. I've always tried to slip things in, but I've never blatantly done the drum stuff I've done on any wrist stuff prior. Minus Mary was the only song I got away with some things. Um, but uh, but yeah, we ended up doing this whole drum break. And the drum break's like this weird uh, Latin, like, it's like it has like the like upper, very like rack tom, floor just, tom, yeah, like uh, like a bossa nova sped up, but it's like imagine like Mars Volta does bossa nova. Um, <laughs> and, but then the five stroke roll came out because I was like, I just imagined Thomas Pridgen playing it, and I was and I just kind of pulled music school out and fucking Dude, tried to reach for this right, roll like. and it came out and and Colin was like that that's it do it again and I, I tried to replicate it a few times and luckily we ended up on the thing that we ended up on um yeah but um oh that's the worst too they're like hey do that again and you're like i don't know yeah i have no idea i don't think um, i could do that again <laughs> it was fun I, I, it was really cool like i mean i'm not ashamed to say this like it was yeah. cool to like learn my parts afterwards because right. I was like, wow, like that's really, <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. The, the cool part about this record was there was all these moments of like, in the past, we wouldn't let that slide. The parts had to be the parts. They had to be like the demo. Very cut and um, paste. Like it's, which it's is, the way it needs to be already kind of. Which is, which, which has its own thing, which is so beautiful. And I understand that process now, now that, now that I've gone ham, I'm like, okay, like in Silver Spoon, the kick pattern changes the whole song. Go back and listen to it. The kick pattern never the never stays the same. And I had to learn that. And I was like, oh, my God. So when I had to do these playthrough videos 
Um, which, by the way, I got some shit on the playthrough video. Someone's like, oh, notice how there's no mics on the drum set. There's actually two room mics up. Yeah. And Did I you had, just I had do to, rooms on that? And that, that's the OC? Just rooms, like, yeah. Um, I was trying to get ambience, um, but... You were still playing like hit for hit. What? How the record yeah, is? Yeah, I had, to, I had to learn my parts, and that was really cool, man. Like, I, I don't know if that's a weird thing to say, but it was really cool for me because what what that meant to me was that we were so in the moment making the record. Like, and that's the thing that makes this record so different was we were in the moment constantly. We constantly were pulling our head out of our asses and being like, "What's making us happy? Like, where where do we push the boundary? Where do we where do we just hold tension?" And we were really present with, it was the, one of the easiest records I've ever made. Um, and for such, for such a beautiful outcome with so many people enjoying it, man, like, and, and especially drummers, man, like I, I get messages all the time. Some guy asked me to send in the silver spoon breakdown. I should, I'm actually going to post it on YouTube. I think of me breaking <laughs> down the drum section for silver spoon, because again, that second fill has a quad rough. It's a, like, like, yeah, I don't know where the fuck that came from. I just did it. And Marshall's like that, do that again, you know? And, first note is a flam between the rack and and the um snare there's actually a lot of on this record marshall and i did a funny thing when we were where, where are you down was the song that started the whole record that was the first song we actually finished together and um and then following yellow belly followed um and then silver spoon and then so on and so um but uh but on, on where are you down is one of my favorite fills in the whole song and it's something that escapes people it just goes dun 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 and it's right going into the first pre it's a, it's a very Ringo star single Tom fill. And <laughs> I'm like, it's very unconventional because most drummers go down or up the toms. Yeah. And I did it jokingly again. And Marshall was just like, that's it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like no one does dunk, 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 unless you're like in a reggae band or something. And yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so, but so, but it's it was very, like but out again, of pocket. Like I feel like it's the best very, way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, we we wanted to be out of the box, but nothing that was um, unattainable. And and I think we did. I think we did it. I again to toot my own horn and Marshall's. It's. I think we we really found a way to make it tasteful because there was a lot of ideas that didn't make the record. And thank God because that's, we had some wacky ones. <laughs> that's really really cool, and I, I think it's very like for people who even listen to this and just want to hear this. I think that's very encouraging because mm-hmm. I feel almost as though especially in rock music, there's a precedent where because you're a rock artist, you have to be like the record has to sound like the demos. Like there's not a lot of like, you know, you can mess with some ideas, but for the most part, like what you uh, come up with in pre-pro or on demos and stuff is like what you have to stick with. And Mm -hmm. I really like that you brought up Silver Spoon and uh, kind of deviating from uh, just a set, kick pattern throughout all the verses the pre-courses and whatever and just kind of doing what you feel because mm-hmm. i i remember very distinctly when i first started recording in studios mm-hmm. as like a younger drummer um i would always get chewed out for that they would be like me too hey, me you too. just need to pick a kick pattern and just freaking <laughs> stick to it and you're like but i like you know I, I, this feels different now like going in kind of you playing along with guitars and bass and stuff yeah. which feels different but go ahead you know what you, you know you end up learning is like it's it's two things. It's, it's singers and engineers. 
the singers want something that they can lock into. So if you're changing all the time, unless you have someone who's really musically savvy, and this is not a diss, this is just the truth of, of being a singer as well in my own band. If you don't have something to lock onto, then um, you can get lost and not be paying attention to yourself or the music and, and lose the moment. And engineers don't like it because when they're trying to edit something, they, they, they I imagine this is the problem. They don't want to edit a kick drum and be like, wait, but you played another thing in that other verse. Now you're playing it differently in every a chorus. They just like, want that like perfect how, mirror. No, I, I can say that from experience yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and to me, like one of the, I, what I want to bring back, man, like selfishly, what I want to bring back into the world of drumming, um, is, is true, like uniqueness to every drummer in the record process and the recording process. Like, like I, there's so many unique and fantastic drummers out right now. And the world of drumming is like the world of skateboarding right now. Like, not that I know like Jack about skateboarding, but when I watch people skateboard now, like the shit that they're doing is like, it so defies everything. Yeah. And like even a decade ago, 20 years ago, it was defying gravity. And now you're watching these guys in like Japan and stuff. And like my friend will send me videos just cause he likes to send me skateboarding videos again. Like I'm not into it. Like I don't know anything about it, but like, I'll just watch and I'm like, this is the most amazing I've never seen. I've never even imagined this. It's like yeah. parkour and skateboarding. And dude, um, I feel like that comes full circle too, because you, you gotta yeah. imagine within kind of two mirrored things, the history of drums and the history of, something like skateboarding too. Mm -hmm. It took people deviating from like, this is what you're supposed to do and doing yeah. something unconventional Taking risks to be like, Hey, okay, this is the new precedent. Like this is mm -hmm. what everybody is going to start doing now too. And not saying that like, you know, people should copy styles hit for hit or whatever, but like, that's just kind of how things work out. That's how music changes. Exactly. And that's how people learn and adapt to uh, specifically the music industry and the environment yeah. that they're in where they're trying to play, play drums. It's, it's so, yeah, it's, it's so, uh, dude, man, it's, 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 remember playing as a kid. It's so exciting to emulate people. It still is now, man. Yeah. I, lo I love playing to Queens of the Stone Age thinking I can do any of that shit. Like some of it's so fast and ridiculous. And, and even some of the other stuff I've listened to, like, you know, um, you put yourself in the place of the people who came before you. And, um, and that's something that means a lot to me that I think never really got to shine because I was really trying to honor the music. And I'm really grateful for that process, man. I learned so much from being in this band about how to be a mature musician in the sense of holding back on some things, like kind of standing my ground on, um, uh, like I, musical ideas and also being open-minded to, to doing things repetitively and like trusting the kick pattern, trusting the bass, trusting the guitar, like, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, man, like that, but that individuality, it's, it escapes us sometimes. Cause especially like right now on, on socials and stuff, like, you know, we watch all these drummers and then we go into the shed to, to do these ideas and, and it's great because all of us are adding it to the arsenal. Um, genuinely, that's what we're doing by watching these people, but we kind of get lost in styles. And one of the things that um, I've noticed in, in, in playing with other bands and touring with other bands in this band is like, I felt myself trying to be other drummers and a lot of the drummers that we were out playing with phenomenal drummers, but they, but they nail that style so hard. And in my mind, I'm like, I, I'm never, I'm never that guy. I'm a classic rock drummer. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm an alternative drummer, like, like some of like the, the wackier bands and how do I get to sh show that off and how do I get to be that person yeah. Um, when you're kind of like, like I, playing in, in your pocket and like where you need to be. 
Yeah, I kind of always felt like I had to be a hardcore drummer, and I and I'm not like because I, I I don't I never came up in that scene. You know, that was that was a style of music that I came into later in life, not earlier. And so um, a lot of people had these really beautiful. Like I watched some of these drummers, man. Uh, like you know, um, fucking uh, crab from basement. Uh, yeah, I think, but, uh, but uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't remember his first name. But um, he's gonna kill me if he heard this. But he, um, <laughs> but he's he's so good, man. He's yeah. so consistent. It's insane. I watched one of his. Uh, I watched one of his gear breakdowns like way back when I was. Oh God, it had to be like 2015 or something. I was like very young, and mm. he played with like big as hell cymbals. And I was just yeah, like, I I do too sometimes. I have to do yeah. that, like yeah, but yeah, that's a no. That 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 is definitely a drummer that is just like balls to the wall, just like yeah. He and but he but he but he's kind of like in my mind when I watch him, he's the front runner in that like sort of in the alternative genre right now. Like he's like he one of those top guys who's just so consistent and so confident, and um, like I love the way he plays and and uh, but then you know then we were out with the Bronx and you had Joey Castillo. And uh, Dave Hidalgo from, you know, Joey played with Queens of the Stone Age and Danzig and, and you know, uh, Zach Wilde and he played with Scott Weiland. And then you have uh, Dave who's played with everyone, too. And then he played with Social Distortion in the Bronx as well. Yeah. And and these guys are old school cats, man. And then they and they're, but they're so consistent. And I was like, man, like, what's my thing? And that was the thing that Marshall, thank God, let me try on this record. He just was like. Even when I suggested ripping off Tom Sawyer for the Silver Spoon drum solo, he was like, what? But when he when I said, just give me a chance, give me a chance, give me a chance, and finally he's like, okay, we'll play it. And then I played him that drum solo. Yeah. And he was like, oh, okay, that's sick. And But that, that, was, that made me happy because I, I, I wasn't like, this is fucking sick. I was just like, what's the thing that's going to translate this idea the most? Like, how am I going to really make this unique because because silver spoon could so easily and again if you if you swapped out one element of that song it can so easily be a different song right and and that was something too where the bass that we played on was this wacky the whole bass was painted silver it was the ugliest thing but it <laughs> but it sounded the best right. um the amps that the tape machine at the end all the things that we did that song was such yeah, a shot tape machine dark. was cool you said yeah you, that was fun you got to like um like slow it down yourself. I got to like manually that. reduce the speed at the end. So what you're yeah. hearing at the end of Silver Spoon is me, like on the tape machine, actually yeah. slowing the knob down by hand. That's fucked. Um, and I was so glad because everyone else took a pass at it. Like the engineer Marshall and Colin all took a pass at it. This is the, I'm going to be really cocky right now. <laughs> and time. you're like, mine was and, the and one. I, and when they were like, Anthony, you want to try? I'm like, this is my moment. <laughs> and like, I, I think I did like three passes and they ended up keeping mine. Also, I think Colin let me keep it because he knew that it was important to me. Yeah, like that's something parts. Do, yeah. Dude, Colin, Colin's Brit, like brilliant, man. Colin, Colin Brit, Britain, more like Colin Brilliant. But, um, <laughs> but he really is, man. He, re- he Everything, he always challenged our ideas, but never in an angry way. He just constantly... Yeah. How did you guys know context? How did you guys come across, uh, come across Colin? Like how did that, that our, match get made? Yeah. Our, our A and R guy from Epitaph, uh, Chris Whitell, um, was friends with Colin. Gotcha. And when we, when we decided to start collaborating with songwriters for this record, which we did for about five songs, um, Colin was the first one to come up as a songwriter, potentially a producer. Um, we weren't even sure if he was going to mix the record. Like initially I went on those very first weeks. We were just kind of like, we went and worked with him and he was really enthusiastic and dude, he could just pick up an instrument and just yeah, shred the coolest multi, ideas. Multi-instrumentalist. You guys make me mad. I hope you know that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't? I thought you did. 
uh other instruments i can like dabble on bass but uh nah man i am like strictly drums uh my whole life and then like well, you're I a great you are a great drummer movie. by the way Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I, I really haven't got to tell you that. And by the way, the early human stuff that I got to hear um, a year or two ago floored me. Thank floored you, me, dude. I, I, the, the tones and the whole record, I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I remember hearing it and I think I asked to have my uh, compliments passed down to you because yeah, it was no, yeah, absolutely sure. incredible. I, I received yeah. them and I was just like, holy shit, that's so cool because I love wrist. Like, <laughs> and well, I love the drumming you. and... Like, like I said, and going back to it, I know we keep like doing these circle things, but that's what it's all about. Um, like I remember hearing Mary for the first time mm-hmm. too. And it's like, obviously I'd heard, um, LV one and like crony and Jesus. And I was just mm-hmm. like, this is just a badass grunge rock record. Like, and it did a lot of justice to that genre at the time too. Mm-hmm. Cause nobody had really been putting out records like that. I mean, like you had bands like nothing and stuff mm-hmm. and who are always putting out great music. That band's fucking absolutely. Incredible. Um, and I heard that EP and I was just like, what the fuck is up with that song? And I remember just sitting there like trying to figure out, I was like, okay, it's in three, but like everybody is like away from each other and then they're back on each other and then they're three over four. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the song is in six, right? One, two, three, four, five. They count a fast six, six, eight. Yeah. But it's four. It's one, two, three, four, one, two, three. So it's kind of skipping like yeah. that, uh, that yeah. shuffle beat. Yeah. And, um, but Marshall sent me that demo and, and I kept hearing that like this, like the, the hi-hat was like, uh, that three over four thing. And I was like, and I was like, what the fuck? And I kept counting it in three. And so I kept thinking it was like a long six. I thought it was six, four. And I just kept playing over the bar lines and Marshall's like, no, 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 it's this. And then, and then finally he showed me, everybody wants to rule the world. And he's like, can you do that? This is the perfect reference for that song too. It's also that Michael Jackson song, "The Way You Make Me Feel." The boom, boom, bats, boom, 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 bats. Is that? It has that weird classic shuffle. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's so many other songs and um, and so when I finally was like, oh, it's a shuffle, and then and so then Marshall was like, you don't have to do that hi hat thing though, and I was like, I'm gonna play the fucking hi hat thing, and I want to freak every drummer out. That's exactly what you did, probably. <laughs> and there's a lot of things in that song um, with the with the flams and things that I'm doing. Um, yeah, playing against the three. It, it, I don't know. I, I really, I'm really proud of Mary, man. I'm I, glad I, you like I that studied song. that. I, I I hear all of it. Like I know exactly what you're talking about. The flams, uh, and then even in the chorus, you're like, you're like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do a normal shuffle. Like I'm gonna still be on that odd time, like with mm-hmm. this. And no, nah, like I I. I studied that a little bit i was just like Thanks, I, I don't know i, I don't know study the, it too <laughs> i don't know the, i don't know the application that i'm gonna use for it, but i i want to understand what's happening and i'm sure I, so many other drummers did the same there's thing, a actually. there's a song by um deftones that's really similar um what is it not rocket skates oh gosh this is gonna be the worst rocket skates is fast it's uh it's, it's off of diamond diamond is my okay. favorite deftones album and, I'm the worst um, person to ask about that phones. I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's all right. That's <laughs> right. I, I, I love Abe and they're from Sacramento like me. Um, and so, um, but the, I remember seeing Deftones at the Greek and 
uh, blown away. And he was doing when he would swing and watching the snare pass through his hands as the hi-hat was coming down. He, he made everything these big gallop. And I was, and so when I was playing Mary and we were in the studio, um, uh, our Matt Hyde, the producer for that, uh, EP had worked with Deftones in the last two records at the time, Gore and, uh, Koi. And, um, and so he was telling me like some, some things that Abe would do. And I was like, Oh man. So I, I took that, I like concepts, like really big swinging. He played with really heavy sticks and, um, drums are really tuned high on Mary. That snare is, uh, we used a Kevlar drum head on a 10 ply Gretsch maple snare with, with reinforced uh, with, um, die cast hoops. So that thing. And I ended up actually, that's actually my Sounds live snare shit. since yeah. is, is, um, is, is the 10 ply maple with uh, Kev- uh, the Kevlar gonna, head. Yeah. Do you, you still use Kevlar? I mean, that's a change. Only, that's only a head you're never going to have to change. So it is, <laughs> dude, it, it is a one trick pony now, but it is a really cool trick. And, yeah. um, and uh, uh, that snare is a little bit beat up, which is why the Black Beauty actually that snare wasn't able to make the new record. That's why we use the Black Beauty. Really? Because it, it was just was in repair, it, was, yeah. it was just too uh, like torbid and just. It was yeah. It was just it was, I just on on the Thrice tour we did a few years back and 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 mm-hmm. especially out with Basement I just beat it up, man. I that thing <laughs> I, I threw it around on stage. That's fine, we were late for like you know <laughs> we were playing and you know, it had to take us off stage because the winds were blowing too hard. So that thing like it just fell over and I was trying to like rip it off stage. Like that thing had seen days. And so, um, um, but yeah, but, but with Mary, man, that's a really special song for me because that was the very, that was one of the very first songs in my mind. Minus like, I think maybe like black flamingo. Mm. Um, and then, and earlier than that, outside of love on our EP days, um, those are the few songs that stood out to me as like, I hate to say Anthony moments, but it was, it was really nice because I really tried to honor Cam and Marshall's concept. They they write guitar centric music yeah. and vocal centric music and the drums had to fit in between those elements. Yeah. You have to work and, around that. Yeah. And and I did not want to stand out. I did. I, I, I mean, I did, but, um, I, I, I had to do it tastefully and I, and I respected everyone's boundaries. And then when we did this record, Marshall just said, fuck a boundary. Like, like what can you do to this record? And, and that was the most fun I've had. But I, I think that's like the beauty of it too is uh, like when I listen to this, I'm like, I want to, I want to play this record like this. Like I want to like play these drums. Like it sounds like a fun oh, record amazing. to play on. That's so amazing. it's like you, you, it seems like you had fun on Like it seems like you let you shine. I know I'm like doing this, like uh, this is what I think, man. But like, I, I honestly, I feel like that, uh, that record was really fun to record. It sounds like, and um, it was a blast. Yeah, you fit in. I, I think mission accomplished with that. Like Thank you. you fit in into the guitar music and the vocal music. And I was gonna ask too. Um, you know, with Iron Point and stuff, which mm-hmm. I had no fucking idea that you sang like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, th- yeah. <laughs> uh, I was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that's um, it was amazing. I was just like I. I had no idea that, I mean, once again, multi-instrumentalist also meaning your voice is an instrument. I was like, damn, like, <laughs> thanks man. Go the fuck off. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you have a lot of, or any say on the vocal production on this record as well? Um, yeah. Someone else asked me that question too. Um, I did. I actually got to sing on where you down. That's the first teenager song I've ever sang on. So, that, and the chorus is I'm, I'm doing the harmonies. Um, I had a lot to do with, um, arrangement. Um, I, you know, there's some things where like, you know, some melodies weren't 
working right. And all, all three of us, man, Colin, Marshall, and I were working to try to get these things to be as exciting as we can make them. And I, I feel we did it. And But there's a lot of things, like a wasting time. Um, I got to contribute some lyrical, like very small blips um, and even um, some background vocal stuff. Um, you know, again, trying to honor some Deftones things, like doing like these sort of like like minor harmonics in the back of the chorus. And, um, you know, I got to play guitar on the new record. I've never played guitar. I got to play. I didn't um, know that. I got, I got to play baritone on, I think, high again. And, um, I know for sure, Stella. I remember that one vividly. Okay, right. that jow 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 jow, all that huge like, song, genty. Huge song. <laughs> like <laughs> I got, to, I got, to, I got to do that on on Stella, and that's all me playing, which is fantastic. The, the, oh, it so was cool. nice ha- being Marshall and I, you know, mostly because um, we really, you know, he really let me. He just, he just didn't care. Bass parts, you know, my 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 bass, my baby, my fucking my P bass, my American P bass is that that made it on the record and. Um, some of my pedals made it on the record. My, um, my guitar pedals, like, uh, my, I had my MXR reverb. I think we used for something, my, um, OCD pedal, my, um, definitely was on the record a lot, especially for bass, oddly. Mm. And, um, I have this Russian clone big muff that was on a ton of stuff, guitars and bass. Um, I think we've used for some vocal processing, but yeah, as far as a lot of the effects and things, we had, I had a lot to, to contribute. I was really grateful. Um, I, I trusted Colin and Marshall a lot in that realm and I let them be one of the big missions kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation with the process. I wanted Marshall to feel like the most comfortable front man he could ever be. I wanted him to, I wanted him to feel like he was very supported. And so, um, I would pitch ideas and if he wasn't feeling it, I didn't take it personally. I really tried to, make sure that he felt like he was represented as well. Um, and basically like I told, like I told you earlier, I'm just really good with the assists. I, I know when Marshall's falling. Um, and so on vocal days, I'd be like, let's try this, let's try this. And then, you know, even if it's just not even a part, but how to do it, I was like, why don't we try it like that? Or I'm going to do this. And then, and then it would, you know, and, and then Colin was on that too. We were just really on top of making sure that Marshall felt as comfortable as he could be singing on the whole album. So, um, I guess you could say that there was a lot to do with it, but, um, it was just the encouragement, like just, and, and just being optimistic, man. Like that's why this record sounds so different was because we didn't pigeonhole ourselves. We just really wanted to, um, expand upon ourselves and, and to push each other, but not like push each other away, like really trying to be like, well, Let's what do you got? Like, limits. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you have any more left in the tank? Can you do another one? Like, you know, can you do this one like this? And just really trying to be musicians on top of songwriters. And, and we got to do that with brilliant songwriters as well. We got like, you know, new emotion we wrote, um, with our friends, Danny and Simon. And then our other friend, Danny helped us write Stella. Colin wrote wasting time and taste of gasoline with us. Um, and, uh, and then earth is a black hole with Stevie. So, um, it was just like a giant, like sometimes it was like a group effort. You guys didn't feel like it was all just friends, man, two. all yeah. friends. And, and everyone was so fantastic. Um, so it, yeah, really so there, hear, there's a lot to do with it, man. We, 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 I'm, I'm glad that there's this like a, a very songs. wholesome, wholesome process. It was honestly. wholesome. That's why I, th- that's what freaks, I think that's why it freaks, it freaks a lot of the, 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 the like the, the diehard fans out a little bit, uh, because they're kind of like, man, like if you listen to Marshall's lyrics, man, it's still pretty sad. Like, you know, he just, he just has a way to fucking pull on heartstrings like no one else I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can, I can sense it too. And I mean, I didn't look into too much of the vocals, but I was just like, no, I know these, some of these are sad. 
but it's like there's a little bit of everything on there. I feel like. And, yeah, uh, we yeah. Dynamic I don't think I don't think anybody's leaving it feeling like how they would leave hearing LP one. Like yeah, it's a completely different emotion that I feel like you leave. A new emotion. Yeah, a new emotion. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. We should name the record that. that then we would, then we, then no one would have liked it if we named a new emotion. <laughs> I think I think uh, Earth is a black hole is fitting because it is. And uh, yeah, it is. Earth is a black <laughs> Earth is a black hole, and and even that title, it wasn't meant to be that deep, but kind of, you know, you, I kind of know. I think Marshall said it and. Judging how um, this year is going already, you know, it's it, it was perfect. Time. That's yeah. why every critic or whatever, or people who are <laughs> our publicist is like, or a journalist um, is like, Earth is a black hole, so appropriate to the times, and and then the lyrics just a sign of the times, and we're like, oh shit, like, we didn't plan for that, but because that so song was written all pre, yeah, everything was written pre-COVID, pre-2020, so we recorded in early 2020, like this week of 2020 last year, we were recording the record, so like. Uh, and then it was supposed to come out last September and we just pushed it and it came out exactly when it was meant to. So uh, thank God. I, I love odd comparisons. So I'm going to say like, uh-huh. uh, you know, hearing, you know, this and how you said like, okay, we, we want to, especially like the title track, we want to make this sound like, like this about the world, but we don't want to say like specific events. I take that and I kind of compared it, even in the record in its entirety, even though it sounds nothing like this band, but um, the 1975, how a lot of their songs are about. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> like I said, odd comparison, but like they're very like, this song is about this. And I listened yeah, to- Yeah, that last record. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. And this, I'm just like, I feel like some important things were talked about and I like feel that. Um and but at the same time, I'm not leaving this feeling terrible about being a human being. I'm like, this is great music, and it's a Thank fantastic you. rock record. It has something for everybody. I feel like too. Uh, I wanted to ask too before. I, I know mm-hmm. we're getting kind of late into this. Uh, but I don't want to hold I'm you good. for too long. Um, those music videos are so fucking fun. Good. Uh, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> how how was that? Um, you know, with uh, treatments and. Uh, video producers and stuff like how were how were those processes yeah a lot of treatments came in man for um yellow belly especially um because that, that one wasn't even supposed to happen that was a last minute push we asked epitaph if we can make another video and they were like yeah sure and but we you have a week to do it and i know it, it was like three weeks but um but then we ended up with gilbert trejo um and and you know, which is amazing because he was just telling us stories about his dad, Danny Trejo, which is like fucking so cool. <laughs> so and sick. um, and he brought his crew was this band that I love called Starcrawler. Okay, and that was his crew, and I was like, "What? I love you guys. Goes, These are my friends." And so like we all got to geek on each other, and it was really rad. And we just shot it on top of this dirty ass mountain here in LA. We filmed it all in one day, and um, the guy Seth, who was in the coffin, is the drummer of um, Starcrawler. And when we were pushing him into the coffin, that was, that was really spur of the moment. It was like, there was a lot of things. There was supposed to be like a picnic scene. It was going to be very Smashing Pumpkins, very 90s. And and uh, and there was a lot of things we were going to do. But then Gilbert was like, wait, like getting sandwiches and drinking tea during COVID time is probably not a smart thing. So let's just like do, use the coffin as much as we can. And, uh, and it was so funny because the song is, you know, a little bit of a play on death and um, mortality and, 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 uh, and it's kind of, we don't want you don't want things to be too on the nose, but that was one of those videos where we're kind of like, ah, fuck it. Like, you know, let's just have some fun with it. And, 
um, Gilbert and his and everyone crushed it. Like just he just gave us a, he just told us like I want it to be like dreamy, like you know, like um like the Lemonheads and like Smashing Pumpkins and like and and the Gin Blossoms. Like I want it to be like to represent that era, but feel new. It, what he nailed it. And then he goes, I, and I want it to, I want you guys to just like, really like just be organic. Try not to act too much, like just perform, not act, which is an interesting comment. Cause you, you think they're the same thing, but, um, like I just sat on the coffin and that was the look, you know, and he was like, stay right there. Like it, it was such a funny director. We were on that Hill and he's like crooked and like, you know, the camera person almost fell over and he was like catching her and she's like, keep rolling, keep rolling. It was like a very old school <laughs> film like, director and, um, super fun to make that video. And he turned that around in like two days. Like, um, and then, and the same thing, um, Lindsay Mann who directed earth is a black hole, which God bless her, man. I got to give her the biggest props because she, um, we, we had a bunch of people come in with treatments and Marshall's girlfriend who is Lindsay man, a brilliant, um, photographer, uh, designer, um, and, uh, just artist as, as a whole and a wonderful person was just like, I have an idea and I have an idea. And Marshall kept saying, I was like, Oh, that's what's, well, let's see. Like, you know, cause she helped us do our silver spoon thing as well on VHS. It's weird did like a hip, like, not like that I'm going to be like, you know, you get my ass kicked for saying it, like a hip hop version, but we wanted to make like an electronic version and it ended up kind of just kind of representing like a trap version of silver spoon in my mind is what it felt like. But like, um, but, uh, Lindsay just crushed it with this concept. She, she was like, she watched a Guar video and she was, I want it to be like Guar and Kanye. And I was like, <laughs> in, no, don't even, don't even say anything else. Um, and, and obviously Marshall was super behind it. And we actually had a, a lot to do with helping that video. And, and she just was being such a black. That was one of the most fun videos I probably will ever yeah. do in my entire life. And it looks hilarious. I saw like all like the, the B roll and stuff or yeah, my brother like got to help on set, you know, he, he got to help out. Um, and, uh, and he's an amazing videographer as well. My, our friends, Ian and Johnny, uh, who played bass and guitar in the video with the creepy ass mask and were both gangly fucks. <laughs> like, you know, we, we really wanted it to just be this weird, like, Wes Anderson meets fucking like Napoleon dynamite, like weird, awkward, kind of uncomfortable thing. And, and it, but it was so much fun to make because everyone again had free reign to do it. And, um, we shot that all in a day and then she edited it and re- put it out in a week. Just everyone worked so hard on this record, man. Like I really like, again, all homies, all friends just really came through on this album and, and the whole process has been so fun, dude. Like I, I, just, I just, <laughs> I'm so glad people appreciate it. Like that music video freaks people out and it's not even anything creepy that it just, it just weirds them out. And I'm so glad it does. Cause no, like, that's the exact dude. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that and like knowing the times that I've like recorded music videos and the fun I've had, like even if I'm in like 105 degree weather, or whatever yeah. the circumstances, I was like, uh, just seeing like your Instagram posts about it and then like going back and watching the video. I'm just like, man, this is like what it's supposed to be. If a lot like of when you record a music pay, video. Yeah. A lot of people go to my Instagram. I'm the one who gets really sentimental. I'm the one who says like, you know, it was crazy. Like I, <laughs> I'm always giving a lot of details That's about not, like, yeah. what happens. So if you ever <laughs> are curious about the behind the scenes stuff, you can just message me because I'm going to, I'll probably divulge all the information that no one wants to tell you. <laughs> You know, I just get really proud of all those moments, man. Like we, the fact that we just, oh, again, the, the record, we weren't even sure if it was going to happen. Like earth is a black hole. wasn't going to make it on the record. And that's our song. And like the music videos, we had a week, a, a day to film them and a week to put them out. And we did it both times. Like, you know, you, you don't get that 
ever again. Like not like that. And and um, especially on a comeback record, quote unquote. I don't want to call it a comeback record. It wasn't a comeback, but like we had to come back from stuff. We had to really work through it. And I'm so glad it happened. So it's just like a different, a different time, a different place, a different situation. And yeah. uh, no, that's really good to hear, man. Uh, I loved it. I love every second of it. I think it's like, it's just rock rock and roll shit and it, Good. it is there it's in your face it's everything that uh i was hoping that that was going to be for you guys and it makes good, me feel good. really good that it uh it, it's you know despite the times and despite us all not being able to tour and stuff hopefully soon fingers crossed but hopefully uh, soon yeah <laughs> i'll drink dude to thank uh, dude yeah thank you because because <laughs> yeah it just means a lot man i'm glad people are digging it and i'm glad that you have so much to say about it like, all your questions have been fantastic hopefully i'm getting yeah. all your questions if you have more let dude, me know you're uh, not rushing me i don't think so i mean i'm gonna have this powered out but i think we touched on like literally you touched on a lot of questions that i hadn't even have to ask him but um yeah dude uh my last thing was just that the album art was really dope. Can you can you remind me the uh, artist's name again? Colin Crane on, on Instagram. He goes, um, his thing is by Colin Crane. By Colin um, Crane. Okay. Yeah, and and he's he's fantastic. Um, that was his first time, I think, really doing album art. So like, what a cool, <laughs> again, like really cool man. That's and insane. He, and, and we had we had another artist in mind, and um, you know, it didn't really work out. And, and so then when he came in, it was like the last, we had a week to do it. And yeah. I've heard know, so we, many we, people just say like the album art for this record is like, I've been listening to it and like, and it's just like, this is like exactly what you'd want for when he uh, sent us that we were all like, Whoa, like, cause he, <laughs> cause he had made, he made these other art for the singles, like these other, um, yeah. And basically what he does, he has like these like clip art things. He cuts out images and makes collage art basically. And, um, and that's how Marshall found him. Did you guys and do like a whole, like, did you do your vinyl spread with him as well? Like, uh, in like your inlays and stuff or did, uh, uh well, yeah, some of the stuff, um, he just kind of, he just supplies with images, but double J, um, Jason link from, uh, epitaph was amazing. And then Lindsay took our photos, our promo photos as well. So again, she, she, that's what I'm saying. I have to give her the biggest, biggest props, man. She did the silver spoon, um, remix, we'll call it, and then she did the uh, our music video for Earth is a Black Hole, and she did our promo shots. Like, and and I think she's gonna help us. We're gonna try to do a live performance, and I think she's helping us with that as well. Like, just just a total monster, man. Like, she she deserves so much credit because having people on uh, going to bat for you like that. Yeah, man, awesome. it's just nuts, dude. And and uh, yeah, you know, and I don't know, maybe we, we're just we're just stoked, man. We can't wait to. You know, we're hoping that everyone keeps the fire burning this year, so when shows come back, they'll still be stoked on the record. So. For sure. Uh, and what else? What else do you guys have going on this year? I mean, like, I know it's I, it's a tough question sure. to ask. We just want to we just want to figure out how to you know, um, I guess find ways to play for people in some way. Um, you know, uh, you know, we're not going to write anything new for a second. So uh, you know, I think I really really just we're, we're rehearsing right now mm-hmm. um, with a friend of ours on bass, Matt Cohen, uh, who's amazing. I've known him for a long time um, in LA. Here, he and I have bounced around bands and um yeah man i'm just doing my thing i got i i, I you mentioned it earlier but i i got my project iron point that i sing in it's my yeah. rock band it's my attempt to be dave Grohl. yeah um and, you also have and, your uh, uh noise project or something my or? noise yeah i call it noise it's um this project called slow change that was a pandemic startup um those songs i wrote recorded did the album art all in 24 hours that was my goal so I, I would, I would write it and mix it 
release it in 24 hours. I had a whole day to, to do all of it. And That's fucking sick. <laughs> I mean, this is... This is technically uh, the alternative upstage podcast is a quarantine project. So I feel you. There you go. Man. We're, all, we're, all, we're all finding our passion. And it's amazing. There you go. And like, you, you, have a, you have a great voice for it, A. And also, like, God damn, really thank just, you. Really nice. <laughs> like, I feel like we didn't get to get into like, any of the drum gear stuff. We was, but I'm glad we got to oh, talk about sort of more of the like uh, uh, process aspects of it. But no, that's, that's a lot too. I, I said before too, it's like, uh, Gear is like kind of secondary. I want to hear artistic standpoints. I want to hear like, right. Like the process I feel like is important. Like gear, it's like we all have gear preferences and and it's cool to hear like what makes it on. But like your mentality going into it is, is very important. And Mm -hmm. the end result is a product of what you're thinking and techniques and like certain things you've learned about yourself and about drumming and about, you know, taking drums and turning that into an art. Uh, a mm-hmm. very, uh, for lack of a better term, like Neanderthal instrument and being yeah. like, I'm an artist with this. And, uh, that's what I miss about drummers, man. Like I, I, I don't, I want to get out of cookie cutter. Everyone fits the, you know, in the box and the mold, uh, drumming. I want, I want to bring back wacky ass drummers. And there's so many right now that are fantastic. I can think of off the top of my head. I just wish they all had the limelight, man. I wish that, and that's what I want to do with this album is like, I want people to start feeling like they can stretch the genre a little bit. Cause you know, we get, we get put in, we get put in with bands like nothing and Narrowhead, who are all fucking fantastic. I wouldn't change a thing about them, but I'm hoping that people who listen to all of us as a bunch can start to like take things from each of us and just keep this shit going, man, because that's, that's how it works. And that's, that's the coolest thing to me is like you take from your peers, you take from your idols. Um, and then you also make shit up in between that you think people would do. And, and that's where the cool shit happens. And so, I'm hoping that what people take away from it is like, uh, you know, musicality and trust and, and, uh, learning how to do it all very tastefully For sure. <laughs> so we can, right. so we can start all start making some good music, which I think there's a lot of great music <laughs> out right now. There's a lot, ton of great music out right now. Yeah. Thank God. We're so. early in the year. We got a lot of cool records. I'm sure that are coming out. Oh my God. It's so, gonna many, make us feel way. so many. Yeah. But we're all adapting. We're all overcoming the times too. And it's just like, what better way than to start doing cool new shit and, setting that bar you know that's what we're all doing we're all trying to raise the bar in a friendly competitive way sometimes and other times just to compliment each other's art i think exactly uh, yeah all right anthony dude we're gonna stop it here man thank you so Mm -hmm. fucking much dude thank you man thank you marcus dude i really appreciate you always anytime and uh this is the alternative upstage with marcus wickham and anthony salazar and uh Tuning out, listening, listen to uh, Teenage Wrist. What's your, uh, what's the Instagram at? Teenage Wrist. At Teenage Wrist. There it is. Yeah. And then, and then my personal is Ant Salazar. So there, there you go. Either way, you can ca- catch all the wrist details either way. <laughs> Give them a follow, check them out on YouTube, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Uh, anyways, yep. Yeah. Thank you guys. See ya.